go. Welcome to Cinescape Magazine's movie review. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right, we're doing Terminator Dark Fate today. All right. Why? Because we went and saw it. <laughs> That's why. In Mexico City, a newly modified liquid Terminator, the Rev-9 model, mm. arrives from the future to kill a young factory worker named Danny Ramos. Also sent back in time is Grace, a hybrid cyborg human who must protect Ramos from the seemingly indestructible robotic assassin. But the two women soon find much-needed help from a pair of unexpected allies. Seasoned warrior Sarah Connor. I was waiting for you to do, yes. your, do your Schwarzenegger thing. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Sarah and the T-800 Terminator. Directed by Tim Miller, based on characters by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd. I bring you... Terminator Dark Fate, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, a dead Eddie Furlong. Oh, spoiler, a dead Eddie Furlong and Linda Hamilton. <laughs> dead Eddie Furlong. Um, just to get this out of the way, this is political correctness gone too far. Yeah. I, the more you delve into this, it is. I mean, it's... <sighs> this, this stinks of studio tampering and everything that Chris Duckman talked about when we went, because we actually have yeah. a Cinescape podcast for Compelled, yeah. which is weird to say, where we talk about what Chris Duckman said uh, in terms of notes from the studio making shit relevant to today. Yeah. So before, and I wanted to say that before Joe got into his review, and we'll kind of touch on that later. All right. So, <laughs> look, I, I love the Terminator, the Terminator. I love Terminator 2. I even got dropped off to see Terminator 2 in a limo. All right. It was freaking awesome. It was my friend's mom's boyfriend was a limo driver and he dropped us off on his way home one day. So I love that shit. Absolutely. It was fun. I, you know, uh, I watched the original Terminator over and over again back in around, I think, 1985 or so, uh, because my friend who lived across the street, he um, he had a stolen copy of the movie on videotape. And so we would go over there. Stolen? Yeah. Well, you know, never, <laughs> never returned. Exactly. Never rewound. <laughs> he rented it and never gave it back. Yeah. So um, now that I found out that my friend's parents were drug dealers, um, and they said that, and I remember that movie came from a friend of, uh, of his dad, I'm thinking that maybe that videotape, which was probably worth $200 at the time, because that's how expensive movies were to replace from video stores. Um, I never noticed that. What? The truck's got a flat tire. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. We're watching Terminator as we talk about this because it's relevant to what we're going to be discussing here in a, in a minute. But it's it's the beginning of the movie yeah. where the old guy is uh, is uh, yeah the, the, the trash the trash truck yeah. So it's the international. That dude was in Action Jackson. Is it, was he? Yeah, that oh, was that, that was Action Jackson. You know the you know the oh uh, yeah. What the hell? Yep. What the hell? So uh, God damn some bitch. <laughs> so yeah, uh, my friend had a copy of that shit. And, um, so we, I would go across the street every day for, uh, for months and we would eat, you know, his, they had money across the street, you know, drug dealers, right? And, didn't, and so they ate all I'll the, figure. they had the name brand shit. I, I had the, I had the, I had, you know, goodwill clothes and generic foods, which whatever, whatever. Yeah. See the but, flat there. Uh, I love going over there and, uh. I yeah, I love going over there and just eating real tricks with with whole milk and and eating Wonder Bread and stuff, right? As opposed to fake tricks, um, generic shit. No, I'm not it, kidding. Generic I shit is the same exact shit. They're just uh, selling it under a different name. It tasted. I, I mean, there's certain generics that are definitely off. There are. Trust me. It's it's comes from the same factory. It might, but I'm telling you, there's certain ones that are just cheaper fucking quality. I, I swear to God. Like literally, they just like if they just put it in one of those big bags that says tricks on. It, mm -hmm. You know the the big yeah. like uh, bulk bags. Yeah, you would you wouldn't. Have I'll give you an example of shitty quality. There's one time I had this bag of um of knockoff Fruit Loops from Smart and Final, and it was one of their name brands like First Street or whatever. And I remember I had Sphincter Loops, and this is when I used to eat a shitload of sugar and carbs. And I had this giant bowl of that cereal, right? And I kid you not, the next day. I shit out neon green. It looked like fucking Shrek piss. I mean, it, it glowed. It had so much dye in it. 
And anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> stay away from the from the unhealthy stuff. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we would watch the original Terminator over and over again, and it was so funny because we didn't have to we didn't have to um, you know look away from any of the violence. But anytime the the sex scene happened between you know Kyle and and Sarah, we, you know we had to look away. Which of course there was a big mirror in the living room, so I would just you know watch it in the reflection in the mirror. Anyway, so. Um, uh, the reason why I bring it up is because I am very, very aware of the the original Terminator. I have seen it over a hundred times, guaranteed, and T two close to it, close to that as well. So um, I am I am invested in this series. I am, and so I have a certain amount of expectations. T three not a great movie, but it had moments, and it was okay. It was fun for what it did. Uh, Salvation. I actually really like Salvation. It fucking gets stupid near the end, but before that. I really liked Salvation. Then Genesis was just, it was it was a cool idea to go in a different direction with things, but it was fucking poorly executed, and the whole movie ended up being shit, except for the beginning part where they reenacted the events in LA like we're watching right now uh, from the original Terminator. This movie is, Dark Fate is just, it is a waste of time. It is, it is an illusion. It's made to look like there's something new going on here and there's a new different kind of Terminator. There isn't Skynet anymore. Now there's the Legion, right? <clears throat> Even though it's the same shit. It's just, you know, oh, that's what it was. I wanted to talk, we talked about how the Terminator, how, well, how, if it's a completely different AI that popped up to take over the world this time, how is it their Terminators look similar to the Skynet Terminators? That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, so anyway, this whole movie tries to make you think that it's something completely new and completely different and it's not it it really isn't it's telling the same shit that part one part two and even part three did and just mixing it all up and then presenting it okay under a different package under a different you know um uh, wrapping paper okay but it's the same shit okay it just but but not as good okay because even t3 is better than this fucking movie and it really is you know even though there's some weird sci-fi horror in it that didn't really work that well but overall this movie is it just tries to to bring in nostalgia when it comes to Linda Hamilton and Schwarzenegger, but it felt like they didn't even, even though they were important to the movie, they weren't important at the same time. It felt like they were there more for nostalgia than they were there for actual story progression for the most part. Not not completely, but for the most part, okay? And another thing that pisses me off about it is the fact that you have, it started off really good. I mean, okay, when it has that scene, look, spoiler alert, because that's what we do here, okay? When they have that scene where Sarah Connor's on the beach and it's like a, it's like a year after Judgment Day was supposed to happen. So this is like four years after the events of T2, all right? Which, weird, because John Connor still looks the same goddamn size and age in, in, in Dark Fate when they do this flashback to 1998. And and when it happens where, this, where, where Schwarzenegger's Terminator shows up and kills... Um, John Connor right there, you know, and Sarah's devastated. Well, my first thought was, okay, this is just a dream. She's going to wake up from a nightmare, right? Well, no, no. I was like, oh shit, they really fucking did it. They killed John Connor. What the fuck are they doing? And I wasn't pissed off like a, like, like when I read other people's reviews of this film, they were pissed off at, right when they saw that they killed John Connor. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You, that's like doing the Alien 3 thing, right? Where, where Newton Hicks are already dead when the film starts. Yep. Right. And it's shitting on everything that the other films have done. So I understand that, that, that perspective, but I, I wasn't pissed off at first because I was like, what are they going to do with this? You know, you know, how is this going to push the plot forward? Right. And especially with James Cameron involved with this movie, you know, producer wise and part of the story wise, what are they going to do? Right. Okay. Surprise me. So I'm open to the idea of this happening at first. And then all of a sudden they don't do a goddamn thing with it. All they do is they use it as an excuse to have a small female take the place of John Connor. And it seemed like, I know this is coming from a white dude, but it sounded, it just seemed, really seemed like they were trying to do a trendy agenda thing, you know, ultra feminist agenda thing where now no, 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 no. the saviors of, you know, saviors can't be white guys anymore. So we're going to replace Edward Furlong and now we're going to have a, a, a female Mexican lady play. Don't, don't say Japan. ultra feminist, but okay. adjust that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So the politically correct. Yeah. Um, and look, if things flow naturally, they flow naturally, but that, but that's not the problem. The problem is, is that, like I said, they try to make this look like a completely different thing, but it's the same story. They're just having different people play the parts now. Okay. 
So now instead of John Connor, you have Danny, who's this little little girl who has no real personality, okay? I don't give a shit about her family. I didn't give a fuck about her brother character. I didn't give a fuck about her father character. Um, I didn't give a fuck about them working at a factory where they're being replaced by machines. Ooh, that's a commentary right there, right? Um, I didn't care about any of that shit. If I'm not going to care about them, I'm not going to care. Okay, how the fuck is it that when you watch this original Terminator movie, okay, that you already connected to Sarah Connor right from the beginning of the goddamn movie where she's riding on her her scooter and she, you know, you see the big, um, Bob's Big Boy or whatever the hell they call it, right? Bob's Big Boy. Yeah, and then she walks in. Big and, buns. Yeah, right? And then you see her coworkers and the interaction between them. It's quick. It's quick and it gets, you already know her personality, okay? You know that she's got to deal with a lot of bullshit in her daily life and but she's got some personality to her but you know life sucks for her at the moment okay i'm already connected to her character just from just from this first like two minutes they show her okay and then the failure of this film is you show the danny character and i don't give a shit about her i don't think did did anybody really give a shit about her character did you give a shit about her character no yeah okay so there's that then you have also the the new terminator which look i i know some people had a problem with her looking very androgynous um, you know, Mackenzie Davis's character. I didn't have a problem with her looking like that because she's a soldier. She's from the future. That's why she's wearing male type clothes. That's why she has male type hairstyle because she comes from growing up, living her whole life from a military perspective as a soldier. So none of this, she doesn't care about this prissy shit. You know what I mean? She's going to wear more um, conventional or, you know, actually appropriate attire and things like that because she's not, you know, she's not going to put her hair in a goddamn ponytail and try to, you know, dance in front of a guy for, for a date. Okay. She's here for to be a soldier. So I didn't have a problem with the way she looked. Uh, the problem is, is that even though her character is not bad, she's not bad. I, you know, she doesn't give a bad performance or anything, but it doesn't seem, I, I, I just wasn't drawn to her character. I didn't. I also just didn't really care about her. But yet, when you see Michael Bean's Kyle Reese, he's a sympathetic character. When you see him jump, like when he's sitting in the car and he has this flashback about the future where, you know, he's seeing the machines and stuff. And all of a sudden he wakes up and then there's machines outside and he hears the radio playing in the car. Um, you know, you have, it, it just, you, you see what he's going through. You see that he's got PTSD. He's got trauma and everything, right? And you connect to his character because, of, you know, there's something about him, right? You know that he's not a bad guy because he's not out there killing people looking for Sarah Connor like the T-800 is, you know, by Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. But Maggie, or Maggie, I'm sorry, Mackenzie Davis's character, she's just there to be the new savior, you know, the new come with me if you want to live person. It, and then you have Linda Hamilton who shows up. And I look, I, okay, at first it seemed like a cool idea to have her come in this film, but then she doesn't do or say anything. She's just there to blow shit up, to sound all scratching, and to just be there for nostalgia's sake. She doesn't add anything new to the film. Like if she hadn't really shown up at all, movie could have still kept going. You know, you could have had the part where they're, they're, they're trapped on the bridge. You know, you could have Mackenzie Davis's character grab her, grab Danny, and they could have fallen off and landed on something. They could have ran up something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't have, Linda Hamilton didn't have to be in this movie. And, but here's the weird part. There are missed opportunities in this film that could have been way better. And the fact that James Cameron is involved in this, I don't know why he didn't try to go in better directions with this shit. Or at least didn't like try to, <laughs> hey man, you got a real attitude problem. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, um, the, what, I, okay, the missed opportunity that I'm thinking of um, right now is, okay, if you're going to do something where Schwarzenegger's, Schwarzenegger's T-800 doesn't feel guilty about killing John Connor because now his programming is done, right? He has no more purpose, which is odd. It, it, it seems like a machines that are run, made to run efficiently doesn't seem like, like once they've fulfilled their orders that they wouldn't have any other pro, you know, any direct orders after, you know, that, right? Whatever. What would his orders be? I don't know. I'm not He's a machine. programmed to kill John Connor. That's it. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that, okay, if you're going to have a Terminator who has a form of regret about fulfilling his, you know, carrying out his orders and, and executing John Connor like he was supposed to. This film could have done something with that instead of just having Carl's drapery <laughs> drapes, which was funny. I, I, I want you to explain. Okay. The, the missed opportunity Don't was this. Don't come up with a problem. Come up with a solution. The missed opportunity was this. Instead of bringing in Mackenzie Davis's character and the Danny character 
you know, for the new John Connor, okay? Instead, what they could have, this whole movie could have been so good if you had what you would call a reunion between Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton, where this whole film is where they have to team up with her knowing that he's the one that killed her son. And then they have to work together to take out these Terminators that a bunch of Terminators got sent back in time, right? Now they have to take them out because they know when they're going to appear for whatever reason. They, you know, there could have been a better film in there with that than, than them just adding in the same character, you know, new characters, but doing the same old shit. There could have been some good story. There could have been opportunities that were, you know, really cool opportunities they did with it. And instead, this doesn't do anything new. It just try, it just relabels it, but it's telling you the same shit. I'm going to keep, I know I keep saying it over and over again, but that's, that's what bugs me about this film. Cause when we watched it, I wasn't hating on the film when we were watching it. I was, I was entertained enough that, that I could keep, you know, I never got bored. This movie never got bored. Like Tim Miller, Tim Miller kind of reminds me of Zack Snyder in a way where he's very good at choreography with action scenes and, and visuals and things like that. And it's good enough to keep you distracted, but it doesn't mean that the substance is there and it's not because if you go back to like Sucker Punch, right? <laughs> or, you know, by Zack Snyder, you know, the substance wasn't there, even though the visuals were, right? Uh, but but with Tim Miller, you could just kind of tell that, hey, maybe Deadpool was a, a one-hit wonder kind of thing with this guy because I think there were a lot of other hands in the in the pot um, or in the pot, whatever the fuck, you, yeah, wherever that expression is. There were enough hands in that, that that I don't think Tim Miller had complete creative control when it came to making the first Deadpool film. And that's why it turned out as good as it did. Because I think if he had complete creative control, uh, we might have got a different Deadpool, possibly, uh, than we got. But uh, what I what I'm, you know, what I remember is when I walked out of this film, I started thinking about it more and more. Because when it ended, it just, I felt so unsatisfied, so unfulfilled with the overall film. But I wasn't pissed off yet. I wasn't. It, that's, that's the odd part. It's like, when I walked out of Ad Astra, I knew I liked the film. I just didn't know how much I liked the film because I had to think about it. But the more I thought about Adisha, I'm like, this is a really good fucking movie. It's put together well. There is an underlying emotional tone to it that you, it's hard to, you know, get a beat on. But, you know, once you think about it, holy shit, it is there. This movie is not. This movie just made me angry and angrier because of all the missed opportunities and just the same old shit. And, you know, okay, look, you have to compare it to the other films, okay? When you have, and the best villain that you can compare this one played by Diego Luna, I think his name is, when you have his villain, who's the Rev-9, all right, you have to compare him to Robert Patrick's T-1000, okay? The T-1000 was an awesome villain. Besides the way he looked, it was the way he ran at people. It was the way he just, his um, his facial expressions, how just cold and dead he was, His the dark humor of the character when he would say things like, say, that's a nice bike. You know, things like that. Really fucking cool. It, it just, it was creepy. And that's, and then, you know what? Here's another thing about the Terminator movies, because this even came with the, the Salvation and Genesis and, and this one especially. There's no, there's no, there's no terror in this anymore. There's no fear. There's no, I was never worried about anyone dying in this film at any time. I didn't feel the tension of them being chased. I didn't feel anything because I knew that every time this fucking Rev-9 came at them, yeah, there'd be, you know, some some cool, well-choreographed CG fighting. But once it was all said and done, I knew that they would probably get away, right? Which this is, and, and, and plot convenience is, right? Like the part where they're flying away on the helicopter and this thing jumps up at them and she, you know, she, she puts a couple bullets in it and it misses its, you know, grabbing them, right? But this thing is able to throw pieces of itself at, at things and, you know, projectiles. So why the fuck didn't it throw a projectile at the helicopter as they were flying away to crash it? Because it wants to kill, you know, the, the passengers on board. So, you know, it's just little plot conveniences like that, right? And then the way the movie ends with Schwarzenegger doing the same exact thing he did to Kristana Loken's Terminator character in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, where they're wrestling and then he shoves the fucking, the power module into its fucking face, right? And then it, you know, kills it. And then he dies along with it. You are terminated. That's what he said, you know, in part three, right? It, it, it just, like I said, this is not anything new. It's fucking bullshit. And it's a lie. And the fact that, 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 that James Cameron put his name on this, 
I I used to think I know this is I mean he's he's getting old I mean how many more films can he make right I mean, how many more avatars can he make but you know if James Cameron put his name on something usually that was a safe bet right you know because this guy has certain standards and you know he doesn't put his name on things lightly like say even Quentin Tarantino because if you've ever watched Quentin Tarantino re- re- presents type movies there's a lot of shitty movies he's put his name on you know because they're friends of his you know connected to all the grindhouse stuff he grew up watching right so it's okay. I, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiving on that because, you know, Tarantino can do whatever the fuck he wants. So, but with James Cameron, he puts his name on something. I, you know, my first thought is that it's going to be worthwhile because I'm going to take his word for it. Right. Well, he put his name on this shit saying this is could You know, if I was going to do another sequel to T2, then, or if I was going to do a sequel to T2, this is how I would have done it. That, I mean, that's his words. And this is what he would have done. I don't think so. He wrote part of the movie. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder how much of that part of the movie he actually did. A write. lot of it. That just seems weak then. I mean, that's because it was there like five writers involved with the film, something like that. So a group of novelists be consulted on how to reinvent the franchise. <laughs> reinvent. <laughs> Among the novelists were Joe Abercrombie, Neil Asher, Greg Bear, Warren Ellis, and Neil Stevenson, two of whom I really like. Uh, Abercrombie suggested the idea of a female character who who was half human, half machine, forming the origins of the character Grace. A human machine character was previously featured or whatever. Um, The story was conceived by Miller Cameron and Ellison and a team of writers was hired to write the script, which included Charles Egley, David S. Goyer, and his writing partner Justin Rhodes and Josh Freeman, creator of the television series uh, Terminator's Sarah Connor Chronicles. Cameron and the writers watched the Terminator sequels that came after his initial films, and it was determined that the storylines of the later films were too complex. When it came to time travel, weeks were spent working on the story, which was eventually envisioned as a new Terminator trilogy. Goyer wrote a draft of the first film that would ultimately become this movie. He moved on to other projects and Billy Ray was brought in to polish the script. He rewrote much of Goyer's draft. Miller wrote the film's action scenes while Ray handled the characters. Cameron had a list of action scenes for no particular film that he wanted to shoot over the years and he gave this list to Miller so he could work on work them into Terminator Dark Fate. So, a lot of the action scenes. The list formed the basis for scenes involving a dam and a Humvee underwater, which I actually thought that sequence was really cool. As the start of filming approached, Cameron felt the script needed improvement and made the changes himself so then that's just you know like when you when you're too close to something for too long it's hard for you to see what it is anymore because you're now tainted no it's kind of like okay if you're cleaning something like say you're cleaning a car and you've been staring at it for too long and now you can't even see any more problems on it because you've been staring at it too long and you actually need to step back take a break come back at it with new eyes that's how i see james cameron with this if he actually put in most of the ideas for the story and it turned out like this then yeah maybe he was too close to it because i don't think he was close to it at all i mean i think that he wrote the movie then he wrote it again and then he gave it away and then so the film's writing credits are story by james karen cameron Charles Egley, Josh Friedman, and David Goyer, and Justin Rhodes. One, two, three, four, five different people yeah. with a story. And screenplay by David Goyer and Justin Rhodes and Billy Ray. Cameron said that he and Miller ultimately had many disagreements about the film, but he described it as part of the creative process, which I chalk up to Miller wanted it this way and James Cameron didn't. Yeah. So we got this. So, yeah. and, and I've heard studio tampering as well. Yeah. So this all seems like uh, just more Fox fucked up <laughs> right before the merger because I mean they already filmed this before the merger was done right so um, so I you know what I uh, I wonder what Disney is going to do with the Terminator franchise after this because this movie is everyone I know it's only been out for a few days but everyone is saying that this movie is going to probably lose around a hundred million dollars I'll believe it when I see it but um, this movie is everyone's already con- you know labeling it as a major flop the worst flop in the franchise even more than Genesis so I don't know. All I know is it was sad to see Schwarzenegger's final scene in this film because even though it wasn't a great scene, it just felt like this is probably going to be the last time I see Schwarzenegger play the character. Probably. And and it just yeah, and he uh, So 
Schwarzenegger is always my... I, I can't make you understand something the way I, I, I see it, man. I, Schwarzenegger was like... Like when it came to actors, you know, action stars, Schwarzenegger was my Michael Jordan. Okay. He's it, f- almost fucking 80 years old. What else is he going to do for a Terminator movie? Okay. Then that that's what I mean. So the last time I see him play the Terminator, it just looked fucking... It just... It, mm, it's not the swan song that I, I was I would hope for. Does that make sense? So anyway, it's it's just it's just it's it just, makes sense to somebody, not me. It's just a little sad. I because it there was nothing special about his death. This is for John. Okay, great. No, this ain't for fucking John. That, that's the problem. The, you know, when they kept saying this was for John and all this shit, no. Th- this was them getting rid of John so they could bring in another person to play John. And that person is boring and it sucked. It just, I didn't care. I didn't care. I, you know, if her character had died at any time, it wouldn't have mattered. It just, even if Linda Hamilton's character had died, it wouldn't have mattered. It, that, and that's what it boils down to. Diego Luna's character, no personality. <laughs> I know that sounds weird because I, you know, because I bring up the Robert Patrick thing, but Robert Patrick brought a personality to it, even though he was deadpan, you know, um, Diego Luna just, I mean, he even did monologuing. There was a, the, like the part where he confronts all three of them at the end. He, he actually monologued a couple sentences before he started attacking them. They don't fucking monologue. So it just, yeah. He's an infiltration unit. Yeah. So he's supposed to be there to infiltrate, not fucking monologue. He's supposed to infiltrate and become part of the human cattle that's an infiltration pro that's an infiltration unit well if he's there he knows he's going to kill them all so it doesn't what's the point of him trying to infiltrate them when he's right there in front of them trying to kill them see what i mean because you don't he doesn't know exactly where they are no i'm talking about right there when he lands in front of them and they had that battle where they're all fighting him then he doesn't turn he's not an infiltration unit after that he's an infiltration unit so he has to he, he has to Look, I'm not defending this movie. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to defend the the character for Diego Luna because and, and everybody gets this fucking character wrong. He's not a he's not fucking Robert Patrick and he's not a T800. Yeah. He was programmed as an infiltration unit to find his way into camps and then kill the people that are involved in the camps, the the the, the head guys. So when he's sent back to whatever year it is, when, when he's sent back to the future, yeah. his his whole his whole identity is to blend in. He's not something special. He's not a six foot two fucking muscle bound knucklehead, and he's and he's not a cold dead stare liquid terminator. His job is to infiltrate and find out and and you know get in. Kill his objective, yeah. finish his objective, and get out. It just—they didn't even do like okay, and 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 that character worked fine, except for the monologue. It, I just there was nothing scary about him. I He's not supposed to be scary. Okay, bullshit. Because if you go back to this, the first Terminator, and even Terminator Two, the Terminators were scary. It doesn't matter. They're not scary anymore. They're not. Su- He's not supposed to be scary. He's an infiltration unit. That's the whole point. That was the whole point of that character is that he's not supposed to be scary until he starts to become a killing machine. You don't think that if a film is going to take the name of Terminator that it shouldn't have similar elements of to to Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So the fear of the chase shouldn't be there anymore. It doesn't matter. It- matters a lot. It doesn't. If you have a character that, if you're just going to continue making the same characters and you're not going to evolve those characters, and and, and this is a perfect a perfect example of this. Yeah. They didn't evolve the Terminator character. No. The, the T-800. They didn't evolve Sarah's, Sarah Connor's character. Mm. They didn't evolve Grace's character, and they didn't evolve Danny's character. The only character that they evolved was the Rev-9 because it's an infiltration unit. It's a completely different design. It's designed to blend in with society and then like I said before yeah you know and I don't need to repeat that but it's designed to do that yeah okay like and it's not supposed to be this scary fucking thing because if you turn it into a scary thing then everybody's going to avoid it and you that's the exact opposite of what they want which is they want people to be around it so that it can get closer to its objective goal and get people to trust it so if it becomes more a little bit more human and it acts a little bit more natural that makes it even more scarier if you're not if if, if it, I, I, I'm not on you. 
please don't take this personally. But if you can't understand that about this movie, then they they failed. They failed on a big scale because that's what this whole character was about. That's why it can split into two people. That's why it can split into two Terminators, one that looks like the T-800 and one that looks like the metal, the, yeah. the liquid metal one. Yeah. And the T-800... Um, I couldn't, I can't remember. I can't remember if he could lick, turn his liquid body into the normal looking one. T-1000, yeah. You said T-800. It doesn't matter. I said liquid. Yeah, the liquid one is T-800, yeah, okay. What I'm saying is that there was a T-1000 matched with a T-800. Mm-hmm. And the T-800 couldn't morph, but the liquid part could morph. And I can't remember if it morphed while it was outside of the liquid body or outside of the T-800 body, or if it could only do that while it was with the T-800 body. No, it can't. It, it was able to morph yeah. while it was uh, detached from the T-800 body. Yeah. Okay. So now you have two different models that they used in previous movies. Mm-hmm. One that one that is absolute a fucking nonstop killing machine, and one that's an infiltration unit. Yeah. And that's what those two are for. So it leaves the killing machine body behind because because it doesn't have a brain. That's what that whole cutoff part was. Yeah. And it's and it's just basically a dummy terminal. Yeah. And then you have the liquid metal one, which is now the infiltration unit, leaves that one behind. And then when it when it infiltrates and it wants to get out before it gets destroyed or whatever, that's what that other body is for, is to is to be the muscle. Yeah. So the endoskeleton is the drone in a way. I guess I the you know the robot inside the T eight hundred frame or whatever it is that is the that is the drone in a way because that doesn't have any ability to really truly think it just follows what it what the T one you know the liquid version is telling it to do I can, I, I think so I, I think you're right but I it does have some independent yeah. movements because it can think and look well and, think and look the, the, if you remember Kristana Loken's um, Terminator from T three Rise of the Machines it was very similar it was a, a high more advanced robot and it had the liquid metal covering it so that it could, you know, fix with, you know, protect it and things like that and do. So this version didn't seem that different to me. The Rev-9 didn't seem that far of a change from that. So it didn't seem that special to me. But what bothered me also was that they could have done more with this character, with this with this Terminator, this Rev-9, than they did. They just, it didn't. It didn't look, this is a real simple fix. If you really want to fix the Terminator franchise, you go back to the first movie and you remake the first fucking movie. And in place of Kyle Reese, you put Grace. In place of Sarah Connor, you put Danny. In place of the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, you put Diego Luna. Okay? And you and you play it out like that. And then what you're going to do is instead of having Danny's character, instead of the Danny character working at Big Jeff's, she's going to school, right? Mm-hmm. And then she comes home and whatever, she could be planning a date or she's going out to the movies or whatever. You're going to play it off exactly the same where the Terminator comes in and virtually kills her father. You're going to watch her kill, watch him kill her father. Yeah. And you're going to, again, I can't stress this enough. You're going to play it off exactly the same fucking way. He's going to go to a gun store and you're going to place this on the border of Arizona and Mexico. And the reason why you do that is because you can use the Arizona side for him to go and buy guns, right? The United mm-hmm. States. And then he's going to go into Mexico because he, that's where the hunt is. And then at the beginning of the movie, when they show up in the bubbles, like that fucking pissed me off when she showed up, when Grace showed up in the bubble and she fell down and then she gets back up and she beats up the cops and she's standing there naked. Yeah. You know, and then her fucking, her bullshit political correctness uh, and uh, three quarters of the way into the movies, who gave you permission to look at my privates? Yeah. You were fucking injured. Shut up. You're, you're a combat soldier. A no combat soldier is going to fucking say that. And she only said it to the male character in the room too. And that really pisses me off. Yeah. That, that, that fucking garbage that we need pol- we need this political statement we need this we need uh you know something to uh <laughs> We need water cooler bullshit. Yeah. And also, there was twice in this film, twice, where where Grace says to Danny, she says, you weren't, you aren't here to give birth to some man. And she emphasized on the word man when she said it, to, that it will be the savior of the human race or, the, you know, the savior of the resistance or whatever, right? She emphasized on the word man. I wasn't looking for it. I just fucking heard her say it. I don't give a shit about that. That's... That I mean, it just... 
I, and I put this in my review, okay? Because Linda Hamilton had a similar view in Terminator 2. If you remember when they're talking, when they, when she tries to kill Miles Dyson and then all of a sudden she gets stopped and she's talking to them and everything. And she goes, you know, he goes, Oh, I thought we, you know, I, I, he goes, I thought we were, you know, making a change or whatever. And she goes, Well, men like you, you know, built the atom, atom bomb. Men like you thought it up and all this shit, you know? The way she said it, though, the way it worked in the movie, in a way, and it didn't feel like a political statement. In this movie, it was definitely a trendy political statement. I, and, yeah, but I, again, get used to it. It's just going to happen. Uh, well, it, it, look... It, look, I, I'm right with yeah, you. I, I, mean, I know I, I'm, I'm not saying... I disagree with you. Absolutely just, not. It, and that took me out of the movie as well. That bothered me. But it, I just, I don't, it, just like I said about the whole, you know, who gave you permission to look at my private, when at the beginning of the film, she's running around completely naked. Yeah. Shut the fuck up about your dumb yeah. script hypocrisy. Yeah. That guy didn't give you permission to steal his fucking clothes. Yeah. <laughs> or or beat up the cops and steal their car. Yeah. So, you know, the, the whole idea is you go, like I said, go back to the original. So she doesn't show up on the bridge. The Terminator is the one that should show up on the bridge and fall through. And then when he shows, when 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 the two teenagers go and get them, that's when he says the same fucking line that everyone said that he said in the beginning in the first movie, which is "Your clothes, give them to me." Yeah. And then they run away, and like, and it makes no sense that the cops show up. You know. The cops show up and they don't believe any bit of the story, yet over on the bridge, there's a gigantic fucking hole blocking everybody from being able to travel. And not one person believes her story. Not one person believes the story that this naked chick fell from the bridge and we went over to gr pick her up and she weighs like 400 pounds, like like they can carry her yeah. in the first place. And and nobody is questioning what's going on on the bridge. There's But there's four police cars or three police cars or however many fucking police cars there are to pick up the naked girl. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. Again, if you had started the movie off in, in, in the correct way, which is if, if you, the Terminator shows up on the bridge, you have to have it that way because he needs to get the clothes. He needs his clothes. He doesn't show up out of nowhere in, in right, at, you know, where fucking Danny Ramos's apartment is. Mm -hmm. That's that's weak shit. That's that's shortcutting the story. Mm -hmm. the, the whole point of the story is the chase. That's what makes this first the first two movies fucking wonderful. And was there any time during the chase scenes in this film that that you actually felt tension and concern for the characters as they're absolutely running? not? Yeah, and the, the and, and like I said, and as you were explaining it, you know, there is not one part of this movie where I gave a shit about the characters because I already knew that everything was going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I gave they're a, all going to live. Yeah, and I gave a little bit of shit about Schwarzenegger's character because he seemed to be the most human out of all of them. Yeah, he was <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, I mean, this look, this movie doesn't suck. It's got its problems. It's watchable, and 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 like I said, so. At, when when you're when you're redoing the movie and you have Diego Luna's character show up on the bridge instead of falling through the bridge he the 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 bubble allows him like the bubble slowly burns through the bridge after he's able to walk out i mean it, it's just halfway there and he grabs the edge and pulls himself up mm -hmm. and and somebody gets out of the car and he's like your clothes give them to me right yeah and that's when the cops show up and and he, he's like oh well that's gonna work out even better because those are authorities right yeah so he takes the cops shit and then drives off yeah simple as fucking that and then you then you cut to Grace and she falls from the sky just like Kyle Reese and she steals clothes from the that some bitch stole my pants, right? Mm -hmm. And and she's 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 in Arizona in because that's as close as they can figure out where this person is. Again, you're you're doing the same thing. They don't know who Danny Ramos is. Yeah. So, and there's a billion Ramoses out there, right? Yeah. So the closest that they can get is, well, we know that she was living here at this point. We know that she was living in Mexico at this point. So we're going to send somebody to Mexico and figure it out. And he's going to go and he's he's going to grab a f cell phone and he's going to look up Danny Ramos or whatever. Yeah. And he's going to figure out, you know, yeah, they can use the cameras and whatever else, but what if what if his system malfunctioned what if you you gave him a detriment where he, when he shows up in the past he is not able to access all the internet stuff because of one thing or another right let's say that he needs to repair like something he gets shot 
And that system is the system in a couple of systems. It breaks the system, right? So now he has to, he has to T800 the whole thing and do a manual search, Mm -hmm. which now you have a reason for him to do that. Yeah. So he gets shot, he gets injured, he can repair the system later, you know, after he figures out who the girl is, then he can track her, right? And he repairs the system because you're going to do the same thing. You're going to have him hole up in a hotel. Right. Yeah. He's gonna get injured. He's you know, you know, uh the guy's gonna it smells like a dead dog in there or whatever. Fuck you, asshole. Yeah. Right? And he and as he's chasing them, Grace and Danny are escaping and end up wherever the fuck they end up and are able to get out of get out of the situation. Yeah. You know, and Grace's character, like I said, Grace's character is Michael Bean's character. And that's it. It's really, really simple. And then I'm her, not explaining this well enough, but what I'm saying it, is, is that. Yeah. And then her and Danny have a hot sex scene. No. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that's the best part about it is because now you're not involving Sarah Connor. You're not involving Linda Hamilton. You're not involving Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're rebooting the series and you're not fucking adding Legion to it. Yeah. You're adding Skynet because even though Skynet has been destroyed, some company is going to buy Skynet. Yeah. And what, and, and whatever AI that they're going to develop off of Skynet is still going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And T3, guess who bought uh, Skynet? It was the military. The military. Microsoft. Took, the military took it over. Well, see, and that's stupid. The military would never do something. The military can't afford to buy a goddamn company. Well, they want. They want. They wanted to applicate. They wanted to apply its um, technology to their military division. So it. it Except it doesn't work because the military the can't afford to buy a billion dollar corporation. Well, maybe it was. I, dude, this is all speculation, man. It doesn't. I mean, I know, but enough of the speculation bullshit. It's not realistic. There is no... I've never heard of the military going in and buying a fucking company that is worth billions of dollars. They just... It's a government thing. Governments don't do that. Well, you're just you're just assuming that Skynet was worth billions or Cyberdyne was worth billions of dollars. What if Cyberdyne was just one fucking building and that that it developed AI and it was developing technology. It's worth billions of dollars. Literally, it was on it was in San Francisco. It, the building that it was in cost millions of dollars a month just to run, plus all the scientists that they had, plus all the technology that they had. That's millions of dollars. All right. Well, I don't want to break down T3. Yeah, I don't give a shit about it. I'm not breaking down T3. What I'm saying is the real is the T3 is awful just for that fucking nonsense alone mm. of the military taking over Cyberdyne or the military taking over Skynet for that reason only, mm. for, for that simple reason. Like it would have been better if you had a company like Microsoft. You know, not Microsoft, but a company like that, yeah. like Amazon or whoever the fuck. Yeah, like Lycrahard. Yeah, you know, when you have when you have a company that take that buys up the patents for another company, which is r- realistic, like you could just have like a fucking rich patent troll buy up, you know, Skynet as a patent and own all the designs, and then he leases all the designs out to the military. Yeah. Okay, then now you have yeah, look, an I, idea. And I don't remember. I don't think they bought it. <laughs> they just they they took over the like Skynet. I don't even fucking. Remember. It doesn't matter. It, none of that shit matters because the fact that the the fact is, is that the the whole idea is you're going back to the beginning. Yeah. And you're going to, it, you don't have to reverse engineer it. You know, you're, you're building backstory with Grace. She's going to steal a car. She's going to fall asleep or, or whatever. She's going to have PTSD. Yeah. You know, she's going to be trapped in a fire or, or, you know, whatever. Like the perfect scene where she was when, when, when it did the flashback or flash forward, if you want to call it that, where she got shot and then she, then she, um, uh, volunteers for the service. To be augmented, yeah. Right. That's fine. You you throw that in there, but you change it up a little bit, just like what happened with Reese where he flips the car over and then he burns to death and then he wakes up. That's PTSD, right? Yeah. Uh, who knows if it really happened or not? You know, who knows if like the car actually flipped over? Yeah. But obviously something like that happened, yeah. but he was having a nightmare. And you're going to do the same exact shit and you're going to build these characters up because that's the fucking problem with these stories. They're shortcutting the stories to go for the fucking Marvel of action hero blockbuster bullshit. Yeah. And that's my problem with this movie. 
Stop fucking cutting corners. Quentin Tarantino doesn't do it. Yeah. The dude that did The Lighthouse didn't do it. Jordan Peele doesn't do it. If those, and I'm sure there's plenty of others that don't do it. Yeah. Like James Gunn doesn't do it, it seems. But the problem is, is that, and, and, and I go right back to the whole Tim Miller thing, which is Tim Miller was removed from Deadpool 2 and Ryan Reynolds explained it. Tim Miller wanted to make it a super budget of $100 million and do all this shit. And we wanted to just continue the story of Deadpool and we didn't want to spend all that money to yeah. make a fucking dumb blockbuster film that goes nowhere. Yeah. So let's just keep it basic. Yeah. It sounds like Miller wanted style over substance. Yeah. Just, it, just like fucking Zack Snyder for the old, kind of like Zack Snyder. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's, that's, that's the upsetting thing is. So yeah, just because someone puts Tim Miller's name, the director of Deadpool on a fucking movie doesn't, it's not selling me, especially after seeing Dark Fate. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I don't think I'll ever be sold on that guy's name again unless he comes out with something phenomenal. Yeah. I mean. Look, Deadpool 2 uh, had a $110 million budget. Yeah, which was uh, but they a little wanted, twice than the original, yeah. they uh, Tim Miller wanted to do like a $200 million yeah, budget. Yeah, he wanted huge. He wanted massive, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, you know. In fact, um, Ryan Reynolds said that the $100 million budget was way too much. Yeah. So, I'm looking it up. Hold on a second real quick. Do, 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 do. Miller left. Yeah, no. Uh, over mutual creative differences reportedly based on factors including Ryan uh, Reynolds' expanded creative control, Miller's wish for a more stylized follow-up versus Ren Reynolds' focus on the raunchy comedy that earned the first movie as R rating and Miller's intention to cast Chandler as Cable with which Ryan uh, Reynolds opposed. Kyle Chandler as fucking Cable? Yeah. I like Kyle Chandler, but no. Fox ultimately backed uh, Reynolds over Miller who made his directorial debut. Uh, Reynolds said he could only add that I'm sad to see him uh, off the film. Tim's brilliant. Nobody worked harder on Deadpool than he did. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So I just, I, I, I honestly believe that, that Tim Miller wanted things done his way and that, again, he, he, he's, he took on too much and that leads to problems. Yeah, he seems and, to be more big. He thinks bigger is better and... And I don't. I, I think that if you keep it, you keep the budget down, you keep it to a basic and you do guerrilla filmmaking like they did in the first one. Yeah. And and you have a, a good amount. Like, like one of the funniest moments in, in the original Terminator movie is when you see the, the semi truck, which is, I mean, it's telegraphing what the fuck is going to happen at the end. Yeah. Get, get hit by the car and crushed by the car. Yeah. Which, again, telegraphs what's going to happen at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then, and then Schwarzenegger walks up, and we don't see every Sarah Connor die. We see like one Sarah Connor die. Yeah. Right? Are you Sarah Connor? Yes. Boom. Mm. And then he shoots her, right? And then it's all over the news now. And then it cuts to the, the police station where we're like, oh, great. Now we have a fucking serial killer. And then Lance Henriksen goes into a story about, you see this? You see how I cut this scar? Yeah. You know? Fucking guy on PCP, blah, 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 blah. He just goes, he's like, I don't. And care. you know what? And that's realistic character interactions there. You know, him just going, you know, how I got the scar. Right. And then there's never an explanation to it because they just move on with what they're dealing with. Well, there was an explanation. It was a dude on PCP. <laughs> yeah. But the whole, I'm still waiting to hear the end of that story, you yeah. know? And and then every time they cut back, you have Paul Winfield and Lance Henriksen, you know, with coffee and cigarettes and this and that yeah. and the other thing. And they're talking to Sarah. And yeah. And I, I love the, the banter. Just like, yeah. And just like how, like how stressed out the, the police chief is, right? Paul Winfield's character. He goes, give me a cigarette. And he's already got a fucking and lit cigarette yeah. in his hand. And then he looks at it and he goes, He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and then you have the, the psychologist yeah, or doctors. whoever. You notice they cut his name out in this movie, in yeah. Dark Fate, when she goes, you're the one living in a fucking dream, Silverman, because I know what happens. They cut that out. She, like, like, she says all of that. But, but you, hear, you hear him say. Yeah. They, they, they don't cut him. They, they just cut his name out. So she never says Silverman in, this, in Dark Fate when they do the flashback. Yeah. And that's weird. But in the first movie, yeah. he was fucking wonderful. Yeah. You know, is he crazy? Well, <laughs> the jury's still out on that yeah, well, one. Well, yeah. You know, my, my non-professional opinion is he guy's a loon. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but that's what makes the, the film fucking great. Yeah. 
Because it feels like honest characters. But yeah. And and you're you're getting all this, you're getting this growth. She's on the run, and the safest thing that she can do is go to a police station. And then, the, okay, that's not the safest place you can go. Yeah. You've got to keep running, right? Yeah. And then, and then Kyle tells her about the whole background with what's going on, you know, and she learns more about him and blah, 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 and the dogs and why they kept dogs around. Yeah. And, you know, shepherds mostly, but- that's th- that's what made the film great. Yeah. Because they cared about what they were doing. Now it just feels like they don't fucking care what they're doing. It's it's a factory, you know. It's a it's the McDonald's factory of movie making. Yeah. And 20th Century Fox I'm glad 20th Century Fox got bought out by fucking Disney if this is the way that they were going with making movies. Yeah. Because it just fe- feels like they don't give a shit. They stopped giving a shit after Star Wars. <laughs> I, I don't know where to place it. I, I, you know, they stopped giving a shit after fucking, I, I, I pick a date, like X-Men 2. Last Stand. Yeah. After X-Men 3. Yeah. From from that point on, it just felt like, at least with action movies, you know, the other stuff, some of the stuff like the Fox Searchlight movies, like Super Troopers and whatnot, yeah. obviously they're great, but I'm talking about action movies. Yeah. Because I, I, I saw Terminator. I saw the original Terminator, a double feature. It was the dollar movies uh-huh. in San Jose with Runaway with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons. Yeah, I was seven years old. I was I couldn't go to the theaters at the time yet. So, so I saw both of those movies together. And that's what I used to do on like Saturdays. Yeah. Dollar movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had- uh, Rambo. We, we used to have like three of those in, in uh, North Highland. So, well, in Sacramento. Creep right? show. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There used to, yeah. So um, the way I look at it is the first two Terminator films are canon. They're, I mean, they're the ones that, they're the great ones. They're, they shouldn't be fucked with. And then, then if you want to see more Terminator, then I would say go with part three and part four because those those go together. Because part four, Salvation, was was going to be a straight up sequel to Terminator three, and it is. It just they just changed some of the actors that were in it because um, you know, um, if like Claire Danes for some reason didn't come back. They had Bryce Dallas Howard play her character, Catherine Lusta. <laughs> I don't fucking know why I know all these characters' names, but uh, uh, and then then you have Genesis, which was going to be the start of a. Tri- trilogy and they they fucking blew that and then then, then look at this dark fate start of another trilogy and it fucking they fucked it up again yeah it's not that difficult to make a good terminator movie Mm -hmm. but if you're going to shortcut the shit out of it yeah you're going to have problems yeah so i i don't even i I don't even really acknowledge this film as part of the terminator franchise even though it is it's just i don't i don't it's just like how alien 3 just because it's called alien 3 doesn't mean it's fucking alien exactly you know i yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't take a movie seriously when it shits on, on the previous. You don't kill John Connor off just to fucking replace him with another person, just to be more politically correct. I, I didn't care about the fact that they killed off John Connor. I, I just, I, if you're going to do a whole new fucking trilogy, start off with the basics. We don't need another, we don't need to see John Connor die. We don't need to see John Connor at all. Yeah. yeah. At all. They, you know what? And that's what bugged me is that I was like, oh, fuck, okay, maybe this movie's going to have balls, right? And then it didn't do anything with those balls. It cut the balls off, literally. Did nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I do not recommend seeing this movie in theaters. It is watchable. It does not, the movie does not suck. It's not boring. The movie's never boring, but it does, it still doesn't amount to a goddamn thing. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Thank God I only had to pay a dollar fifty for it. It and, doesn't pay the correct homage to, and it doesn't do anything to further the storyline or the characters. Nope. And it changes a whole lot. It's big budget. It's big budget. Well, it's a big budget waste of time. Yeah, it's 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 not as bad as Genesis, but that ain't saying nothing. That ain't saying much at all. It's better than T three. I like T three. T three was fun. T three had fun to it. It's no. not great. It has it has it definitely has problems. Claire but, Danes. But the movie was fun. There was fun things to it. There's there. I didn't have fun with this. Arnold movie. Schwarzenegger carrying a casket. Talk to the hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like I said, it was fun. There was some fun things going on with it. This, this is a much better movie. Put together, you're probably right. But I T- still... Terminator 3, T3 was awful. Come on. It, accept it. It hasn't aged greatly. Just accept it. Uh, but no, I, I still enjoyed it more than this one. I just... I had fun with that one. Yeah. This one, I didn't have any fun at all. Yeah, that's fair. So... Just more disappointment in our lives. All right. Shut up. <laughs> Go home. Jojo Rabbit maybe next. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. All right. Hell yeah. All right. I got to see a uh, dancing Hitler. <laughs> Imaginary Hitler. Yes, there we Somebody go. spoiled it. Well, I, <laughs> it looked like that in the trailers. I, I, I never... Who spoiled it for you? I always assumed that it was an imaginary friend. 
in 1940s Germany. Yeah, I just always imagined that the kid was a you know was an imaginary friend being you, in being in the Hitler Youth Group. You think Hitler was just fucking stalking children? It's fucking. <laughs> No, but I figured that he made friends with Hitler, and Hitler hey, was like, "Hey, hey, Hitler was a piece of shit, but he wasn't that bad." <laughs> no, it's it's you're an idiot. <laughs> I know. Why'd you take your headphones off, stupid? That was a good cutoff point, and you're fucking blowing it. 